Welcome to Money Hacks, where we offer tips for the newcomer to the financial investment scene. Singapore is aiming to be a hub for financial technology, and there have been an increasing number of ICOs, which is short for Initial Coin Offerings in Asia. Hi everyone, I'm Chris Lim, Digital Editor of the Business Times, and my co-host is SPH Head of Podcasting, Ernest Lewis. For this episode, we are with the Chairman of the Association of Cryptocurrency Enterprises and Startups, or Access for short, Mr. Anson Zeal. Welcome to the show, Anson. Welcome. Happy to be here. Anson, say I'm in a, I'm a mid-twenties millennial entrepreneur eyeing a quicker way to raise funds for my startup. Of course, there, there are two things that appeal to me. One is buying Bitcoin and selling it at a profit, buying low, selling high, and then growing my startup funds, my startup seed capital. And another one is looking around at me and seeing everyone issuing their own coin, you know, cryptocurrency. I should do my own ICO and get rich quick. Uh, are both of these good get-rich-quick schemes? First of all, there is no such thing as get-rich-quick. Oh. These sort of things <laughs> that you see in the in the in uh, some of the other medias that showcase how people earn the money on Bitcoin or on other cryptocurrencies, there's actually many other story, other parts of the story that we don't know of. So, we sh- but for one thing for sure, if you are using Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies to build your wealth there or to build your investment, it can be very risky, even riskier than stocks, due to its volatility. Now, for ICOs, um, we should treat it as one of the methods for fundraising. There are many different methods, as uh, a venture capital, uh, angel investment, um, and so on. But ICOs, the mindset has to be a little bit more different because you're not just raising money in exchange for your company's shares. You are actually making a new tokens that has extra benefits, not just as for payments. So you need to provide with the investor of the token or the buyer of the token with incentives to buy it. Because once you receive their Bitcoin or Ether in exchange for that, it's basically will be on the exchanges listed on other cryptocurrency exchanges and it will be listed with, with a certain price. Okay, and with, with that said, that means that you need to be accountable for your uh, investors and token buyers from day one. And running an ICO compared to, for example, raising money from venture capital is a lot of work because you have to manage a very huge community. Whereas if you raise funds from uh, venture capital, you only need to... Uh, face and manage the, the one investor that you have. So it's a lot more tedious and a lot more work to manage after the fundraising. So even though ICOs sound like a great idea from a branding point of view and, and getting with the times, it, it actually uh, comes with a lot of baggage in terms of, uh, as you mentioned, accountability and managing the whole ICO process and the people who buy into it. Exactly. So the ICO that uh, we work with, uh, Sentinel, which is helping uh, financial inclusion, helping farmers to uh, collateralize their livestock, so in cows, goats, and so on. Even for that, we have a 10,000-strong Telegram chat group where um, more than half of these were actually the token buyers. And now, most of them, because now it's listed on a cryptocurrency exchange, people can actually uh, trade the uh, token yet we still have to manage the community that we have. And 10,000 people is not easy to manage already. So that's even more more demanding sometimes compared to an IPO. That's an interesting uh, insight because let's say if you're a mid-20s millennial 
startup owner, you might be running it with your girlfriend or fiancé or something. And that's two people. You've got to think about your own product. You're starting from scratch. You're looking at this. And actually what you said is, is a good point because if you're looking at going into ICOs and creating your own coin, you've got to be aware of all this other hard work behind the scenes. Yes. The many stories that we've seen saying that our oh, ICOs, you can raise a lot of money. Yes. But there's also a lot of great um, failures that I've seen. Some of them only raised less than $20,000 and had to close off the campaign because they didn't know how to market it properly or it did not create the traction. So there's actually a 1%, even less than 1% are actually successful. But how fortunate and unfortunate that is these 1% that is on the papers, on the media that shows how successful ICOs are. But there are actually a lot of failures. Stepping back into the shoes of a millennial, though, or someone just graduating from university. Hey, you know, I, I want to start a small business. I know I need a hundred grand uh, in capital, and people tell me I should have another hundred grand just uh, in reserve in order to make sure that uh, I can ride out any ups and downs. I only have fifty. I want to double it quick. My girlfriend says, you know, she wants to, you know, get on with the high life, and I have big plans, you know. Uh, if I just pick the right coin to buy cryptocurrency, I could make it big without being um, accountable to venture capitalists. And, and you haven't tried 40 yet, right? Oh, I buy 40 every week. What are you talking about? <laughs> so if as an investment, the first thing you should not touch are ICOs. Because these investment products that do not have any recourse, there's no, not much regulation on it right now. If you really want uh, the more steady ones, for example, the stocks are actually much more steadier than the ICOs. But if you're running it for your company, as in you want to start a startup, I ran a startup before. And my best uh, advice is build your product as an MVP, minimal viable product now. Okay, get it done, show uh, traction uh, by going to different customers that you want to talk to and see if there is demand. Only from then that you should think about fundraising. You should not even think about fundraising when you have not even started anything before. Companies, for example, like uh, 10x and so on, they've done products before. Okay, uh, even Coinex, which is one of the Japan Japanese exchanges here, they have already a working product. Okay. Yes, we did say that most of them are white papers. They don't have a product. But in terms of the experience of the founders, they already have some experience beforehand. So if you're in your mid-20s, start getting your product, getting your hands dirty, and see if your customers like it or not. If they like it, then can go further. So, Anson, let me pose you another scenario. Say I'm a senior investor. You know, <clears throat> I hang out with a group of uncles. You know, I like to hang out with them. We have Kopi and all that. We're talking about this ICOs. You know, we've seen it in the news, in the media. There's this interesting concept of uh, instead of using cold hard cash, you're actually you know, investing in tokens, units, but it's a bit beyond us. And it seems more happening, more interesting than IPOs. What should I do? I mean, how do I make sense of this? I think was it George Soros that said before, the more, more boring the investment, the better. Being very excited and um, a lot of news around that investment may not be something that is of a good investment. It's two different things. But even trying to get into ICOs today, especially in Singapore, is not easy. When you want to get into ICO, you need to have Bitcoin or Ether first. But right now, even purchasing Bitcoin or Ether is not easy because many of the bank accounts have been very strict with the exchanges. 
But let's say you do, you do fortunately, fortunately have some Bitcoin or Ether that you can participate in ICOs. Um, I will first advise you to understand what the blockchain technology does first. If you don't understand it, please do not participate because a lot of this uh, innovation is actually very cutting edge, yet also very new. And there can be a lot of failures experienced by even the founders. So the, the success rate of getting into a real good ICO is much less than even getting into investment into a startup. So I've checked out your website, Access, you know, together with my uncle friends. And it's interesting because one of the pieces of advice there is to read the white paper of the ICOs. Now, I'm, I find that reading white papers, you know, you know, I don't even read some of the prospectuses in full and all that before I address. I mean, apps that I sign up, I don't even read the terms and conditions. Is there an easier way? Do these companies that offer ICOs, do they make social videos, for example, that sort of give summaries of their white papers? So, so to directly answer your question, there are many other uh, proxy tools that you can actually look at. So, for example, some of the um, ICOs would have a demo video online on their website to see what they are trying to solve. Uh, some of them would even do, which most of them should do, a uh, AMA, which is what you call an Ask Me Anything session with the CEO. So if right. you have questions, you can go and ask them. You should join also the community groups. Okay, This is provided you actually understand what you're getting into. Okay, um, If you're thinking just from a lottery perspective, trying to hit a very quick buck, um, this is something I, we, we still discourage as an association. But um, just like how you look into stocks, not just only the earnings, um, but look at what it does, what problems it solves. If it solves a problem that you think it does solve and has a great team, then go and look at it more. Have a deep, deeper dive into what the company does. Okay, so I can check it out on social yes. media, on the websites and all that. Yes. Okay. Thanks, Edson. Great food for thought, as always. You can check out more episodes of Money Hacks on the Business Times and the Straits Times. Now to you, our listener, we'd like to invite you to pose your own questions or scenarios to moneyhacks at podcast at sph.com.sg. That brings us to the end of this episode of Money Hacks, where we help you make sense of trends and your finances. Do note that any financial or investment information in this podcast is for use in Singapore only and is intended to be for your general information. Any particular investment or decision should only be made after consulting with a fully qualified financial advisor.